Welcome to This Is The Place, brought to you by We Own This Town, where we discuss the ever-growing and shrinking restaurant and bar scene in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, my name's Matt, and hey. sitting across from me hey, I'm is Mickey. my hey, co-host, man. Mickey. How are you doing? What's going Great, on? man. Lots of good stuff. Lots I going on. I am so excited, so, so excited for this episode, because we've got a lot to talk about, but... Uh, First and foremost, the reason why I'm excited is because we actually have a guest that we're going to be talking with a little bit later on in the episode. You'll hear from him uh, a a good discussion about what is going on here, uh, a little history maybe uh, of the restaurant and bar scene in Nashville, Tennessee. So looking forward to that. But first, I want to bring up something that somebody actually asked me about our episodes and that is an aspect of our show which is the bumper music and for anybody who don't know what bumper music is it is music that is played uh, in a radio broadcast or a podcast uh, episode either at the beginning or a theme song something like that so we got we, we have two pieces of music and we are so lucky that we have some access because we own this town big dog Boss Hog, Mike Leeds has <laughs> yeah. a record label, YK Records, which has been around for 10 years, and he has released a bunch of really good artists, and two of those artists are Uncle Skeleton and J. Leo Phillips. So on the yeah. front end, we have Uncle Skeleton, which is Ross Warner, his last record, Cocoa Beach, one of my favorite records of 2017. Ross was super cool, let us use some of that music, and then, of course, J. Leo Phillips, which has been around, he's been around for a long time in the scene, of course, Apollo Up, and then he released his first record in 2017, One Million, One Million, One Million, I think is the name of it, and it is also one of my favorite records in 2017. Anyway, thank you to both of those guys very much for allowing us to play that music. I think it really uh, helps out the show. Sets the tone. Sets the tone. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Um, Real quick, also... A couple episodes back, we mentioned some music uh, that didn't make it on the podcast. But there's one <laughs> you, you talked about, shame, and I just want I just want to say, uh, shame uh, from the UK is great, and I I think they might be the next U2. Oh, I'm just whoa, gonna say that. What a prediction! I, let, all right, let, let's, what let, a prediction. Let, let's drop that. Let's drop that there. So you've been sending over the past week. Uh, I've you know eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. I've been getting these texts. Uh, of photos and it's been pretty much nothing but burgers so last episode we talked we talked about the slug burger so you said i'm gonna go check it out and then you just kind of went well i had a burger crazy well it's i have to eat and burgers were available yeah so you went to hugh babies uh i think you went to husk for a four browns tavern maker ready butcher and b i'm probably missing some others (laughs) i don't know i I think but uh you know burger week was i think about a month and a half ago but who uh, who celebrates (laughs) burger week i don't (laughs) burger week could be every day doesn't matter doesn't matter (laughs) if it was in 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 may or whenever it was you're gonna do it when you want to do it So. so what the hell, man? All right. Uh, uh, it, I, let it, me ask you something. Are you on cholesterol medication now? Uh, I, I can maybe help you with that. <laughs> I'm a little worried. I, I'm not. I should watch my cholesterol, but I have a fix for that. Okay. It's a future show. All right. But okay. um, all right. anyway, um, yeah. All right. So it all started with um, the Slug Burger. Uh, where right. where, where when did in, you send me to have that? <laughs> when in death a little bit. Last episode, yeah, you babies, and so yeah, you said you're going to check it out. So give me a report. I did okay. So I'm from the south, okay. Yeah, and I remember vaguely, you know, as a kid eating something that vaguely resembled what you're describing on the show. And um, I went and I actually had the slug burger. They only have it on Fridays, so it's limited, only on Fridays. And yeah, that's why I couldn't have it because I went with my kids. I, think, <laughs> I know, but I but but they only have it on Fridays. And I told them that I did a podcast. And you can ju- eat it, no, and they denied they, they me. They didn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, um, dude. It, it was like eating a fried piece of. I, have you ever had a fried green tomato? Yeah, but not as tangy. Okay, that's the thing. And it was like pork and and ground up meat. I, you, it's it's all I can say is that. 
it left me wanting a real burger after I ate it. Okay. Dang. So I had I the like slug it. burger, uh-huh. and I do actually recall having this at some point in my life. Right, when you were in, younger. In, in my youth. Um, but the slug burger, uh, yeah, it's worth yeah. to try, something yeah. to try. But um, I also had the cheeseburger. I also had the uh, brisket burger. Right. And um, they're all fine. That's yeah. what I'll say about those. Right on. So what else you got? Oh, man, I... I continue. So, are you, you going to rate these? By no, I mean, I'm, I'm, I, I'll get to the best one. Okay. Um. So, I, um, uh, I also had a, a burger at um, Butcher and Bee, which I love Butcher and Bee. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a green chili, uh, burger uh, and green chili. You know, I think I mentioned right. That. You talked it's about New the last Mexico episode, yeah. I mean, yeah. It was, it was really good. I mean, Butcher and Bee does everything very well, but uh, the burger was great. Then um, I was thinking about the past and trying to go right. back to some of the some of the uh, noted places in Nashville from for back a in the really day. Really long time since nineteen twenty seven. Nineteen twenty. I didn't. Oh, didn't I go didn't to... go to Bobby's. Wait, oh, I, no. Sorry. Nineteen twenty seven. Browns has been around oh, yeah, Browns, since nineteen twenty seven. Yeah. So I go in on a I don't know Wednesday afternoon lunchtime and I have the cheeseburger. Yeah, people have been talking about Browns forever. I mean, ever since I've been here, I'd so it's a little. It, 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 it's a trailer, right? It's just a little trailer, little, yeah. Little trailer it's just a little trailer. I think there's more the nostalgia attached to that place than anything else. The right. burger was fine. And I'd eaten yeah. there before a thousand years ago, but yeah. the cheeseburger was fine. So from there, I was motivated. I was like, oh, well, what about Husk? You know? <laughs> from one end of the spectrum, completely. I had to, to really, I wanted yeah. to, you know, I like high and low. So so what about Husk? Well, so I mentioned go, the price difference. I'm sure it was whatever. <laughs> Is yeah. it always about that? No. I mean, a burger. No, no, no. I mean, one, one, I'll pay. Uh, I'll pay what I got to pay for a good burger. I so <laughs> I see that. So, so then I go over to Husk, and uh-huh. again, their burger is phenomenal. Okay, and Husk is a noted restaurant here in town, and it was delicious. I had the burger at the bar, and then the bartender also told any me any standard, just special sauce or anything like that, or it's just they do whatever. This is not the splendid table, man. I- <laughs> Come okay. on, dude. Sorry. I know. I know. I just, Come on. I, but right. I think they may, have a, they, they, they may have a special sauce. Speaking of special sauce, though, if okay. you take Hugh Babies yeah. and then make her ready, yeah. their burger was on par because they both have a special sauce. And I, yeah. I think make her ready's was just a little better, but it was sure. about the same. Yeah. Okay. But there's a huge price difference. Yeah. Um, anyway, so okay. Huss, their burger, they're noted for it. I only serve it during lunchtime, mm-hmm. and it, it was great. Now, all right. saying all of this just to bring you to, I, I don't know. Did four, you go to Tavern? Yeah, I also went to Tavern, and their burger is very delicious as well, yeah. too. Because Tavern's a part of the whole M Street Collective, you know, and you've got, well, you've got when Kane When you Pine say that, I don't know what it, it, M Street Collective is. It, 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 it's a, under M Street's umbrella, you've got Whiskey Kitchen, Tavern, okay. anything, it, Virago, Cane Prime, oh. all those places. Oh, okay. So they have access to some great meat, and Tavern's Burger is quite tasty. Yeah. And somehow I forgot that it was out there, and I went, and it was delicious. They have the shoestring fries, and everything's great. But for what's out there, still, this, this, this just still. the 404 Kitchen. Yeah. Uh, you can only briefly get the bar- talked about. You can only get episode. the burger at the bar. At Gertie's Bar. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Who has an amazing selection of whiskeys that rivals just about anybody in town. Yeah. But the burger. Um, I saw that the name <laughs> of the burger, I think, is called the Bolus Burger. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is funny just because I, I mean, I, my day job, I do work in the healthcare industry. And so I immediately thought the word bolus is. You know, usually when you're in a hospital, you get a bolus, which is a shot, a rapid injection of some sort of medication versus a slow burn uh, drip of something. And so it, tell me about exactly it. That's exactly what it was. <laughs> that it, I mean, this burger is amazing. Yeah. I mean, For, it looked like I truffled mushrooms, some charred romaine, uh, Dukes. I think we mentioned Dukes. I can talk a whole episode about Dukes mayonnaise <laughs> because I love, love, love Dukes mayonnaise. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I mean, it looked, uh, uh, you know, the ingredients uh, it look great. Is amazing. Is amazing. Yeah. And the, the, uh, it, it was just amazing, dude. I, I, I had it again, and it was, it was, it was great. I may or may, I may or I'm may not have, have had. 
uh, some Weller with it as well too. What a great was he? I mean, all I know is that it. it it's they amazing. had Weller. Yes, they they did. They did. They had a special Weller there. So I had the burger, and I, for my dollar, I would say if you're special occasion or if you're in the mood for a fantastic burger, they only do ten a day. Um, there's, you know, it's limited, and if you can make it to the bar, definitely have one and get yeah. back with me. Let me know how it is. You nice, know? nice. So that's that's my number one burger in town. Yeah. And they and, and you know the uh, uh, the bartender was telling me that as the ranking goes in Nashville, they were number four. I don't even know what was above them, but they were wrong. Yeah. This is the burger that's number one in town. <laughs> Mickey's, and that was my burger. Mickey binge, the truth. And I'm done. All right. I'm done. Yeah. No, no more burgers for a while. All right. Good. I'm glad to see. No that. more challenges. I was getting a little no, worried. No more burgers. <laughs> all the late night texts of uh, ah, it's over. done, it's okay. done. All right, good. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, any highlights of the past week or two that you want to talk about? I'll uh, start out if you want me to. Oh, please, yeah, please. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, not only has there been a lot of bar and restaurant openings uh, in the past couple years, we've seen a lot of coffee shops open up and they are continuing to open up and so we both drink a lot of coffee and we've already talked about some coffee uh places and one is humphrey street yeah in the fort houston area which is which is a a really 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 cool place yeah it's a couple out of uh, california yeah, I don't know much it's about a it. It's out of I California. Mean, they just yeah, came yeah. into town. It's a nonprofit as well. And yeah. Yeah, and it, it, it is a beautiful space. Yeah, it's very bright, open, hardwood floor. It's, a, mm-hmm. it isn't, it's in a uh, renovated house, I yeah, guess. Nice, yeah. nice deck. But I, ha- I just had their drip coffee. The drip coffee was really, really tasty. I also had some toast so they have a little toast menu so and i guess i didn't i I didn't know this uh we went to crema uh a while back and i had some toast there and i was like yeah yeah, you had the avocado toast avocado toast there which is good but apparently like toast 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 uh there's a a toast thing out on the west coast and what have you I don't know, and it finally made its way to Nashville, I believe. But toast sure, is a thing. Not? Well, if they came from California, then yeah, it makes yeah. sense. So when yeah. you walk in, if you look just behind the counter there, there's a uh, toast menu. Yeah, and um, it it is it's pretty exciting. You're thinking, what can they do with toast? Yeah. They can do a not lot, a lot of options. Toast. Yeah, but it, I mean, you don't need a lot of options. Yeah, you know, you I had four or five. Yeah, I had the local, and uh-huh. that was sprouts with a poached egg on it, and it was amazing. Yeah, what did you? I had I. Had, that's, yeah, I, I had the local too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all right. It yeah, was delicious. I, I, first, yeah. I thought I had the classic. No, I had the local. Oh, yeah, 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 it was really, really so, good. Yeah. yeah, fantastic. I couldn't uh, tell you how surprised I was about. I mean, it was toast. Toast. I, I mean, know. you know, you think, but, but eh, whatever. But my but thing is, is like, if you if you go there, the coffee's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, what's notable? They have like a French toast latte, and mm-hmm. it was delicious. Yeah. Uh, they have some special syrups. They have a lavender syrup and a chamomile syrup yeah. for coffee, and that's interesting. But I'd say it's definitely the place to go just for the toast. So check it out. All right. And there's a and there's yet another coffee shop that just opened up recently called stay golden oh yeah oh, we're talking they're kind of like operating what part from, of town is that it, in? it, it it's, it's in the berry hill area okay it's in the berry hill area and it's uh it's uh, they're going to be operating from like 7 a.m 7 p.m something like that mm-hmm. and I'd oh yeah say, I think I, 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 humphreys I, is only open till four yeah 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 they're yeah. not that's like, true yeah i think they're focused on i they're not opening at 6 a.m i think they're open like eight to four you know there's like get your Get your coffee, get your toast. Yeah, you I know. think it's... You don't need yeah. coffee after four. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. go ahead. So, Stay Golden, 7 to 7. They have a, an amazing chef there, so they've got great food. The thing is, the coffee. I had something called... Uh, the. It's called A Good Morning. Mm-hmm. And it, it... They have, um, let's see, rested espresso. Uh, huh? Rested espresso. Okay. So the espresso, was it's, it it's chilled. Well rested. It's chilled. It was well rested. Yeah, <laughs> it's chilled. And I had my my drink hot. So they chill their espresso and then they warm it back up or what have you. But it had. I mean, I, I'm a coffee drinker. I like different type of coffee. I don't know what the what that means. All that it is what? is that it's chilled espresso. Well, that's, that's what rested means. Yes. 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 Okay. That's all. That's all. <laughs> 
But um, <laughs> right. the milk is what really got me uh-huh. and kind of took me back. It's corn milk. Okay. I don't know what corn milk is. If you take a cob of corn yeah, mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. shave all mm-hmm. the kernels off mm-hmm. and twist them, mm-hmm. you can make milk out of it. That sounds really easy. It was. I don't think that's that easy. <laughs> I, that, that, it's not, I know. I, I made it sound really easy. And apparently, <laughs> they do this every day. Corn milk so in this particular have beverage. Have you ever had corn milk by itself? No. I can't imagine I, corn but the milk thing, but, but the thing is, I mean, I'm just like, wow. So it has corn milk, some uh, chili lime salt as well, mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. All, all I know is that it was amazing. Yeah. It was an a, amazing drink. And so it was maybe worth, the corn milk isn't as sweet as soy milk. Dude, I had it. It was very sweet. Oh, so, was? yeah, oh, okay. you don't don't even think about it. Go have the drink. Yeah, I'll have to go. <laughs> go have the drink. Right. That's what I'm saying. Don't, don't put any thought into it. All right. Yes. And I was like, corn milk. And the first two times I had it was great. And then the third, I had to ask. And they have a stellar chef back in the kitchen. I did have breakfast as well, too, and it's great. And it's kid-friendly it also okay. for those folks. All right. <laughs> well, uh, but 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 go stay golden. Yeah. The, they're, they're upping the game. Go check it out. Nice. Oh, well. So any openings and or closings that you want to talk about? Uh, openings, closings. Heard? You know there's a ton of stuff always, up. Always. Um, I guess to top it all off, I'd like to say cheers. Yeah, cheers. We are. This, I'm in a little we're, beverage we're, right we're, now. We're, click, we're, click. Okay, so this is truly a sign that the summer's over. So Jackalope, I know I mentioned the Lovebird. That yeah, is that was my faves. favorite beer of the summer. Mm-hmm. Well, as You're it turns really mad out, that it's. Uh, I'm not going upset. Away. I mean, I just <laughs> it marks the end of the summer. It was limited. Yeah. I think I have the last few ounces of Lovebird in the city right here in yeah. front of us. Um, but I'm not that sad because Jackalope is actually going to be in my neighborhood yeah <laughs> it's opening up in the uh fort houston yes it's going to be directly across from bastion okay. jackalope is open really so yeah look for it nice so and, i mean of all places for them to be this is a great area because you've got mm-hmm. you've got uh corsair mm-hmm. you've got disc insider i mean you've got all these places over here in this area but right. yet something to really bring uh, some excitement to the neighborhood yeah and for my dollar i'm very excited one of the great jackalope. Yeah. Great uh, older local breweries in town. One of the originals. One of the originals. Yeah, yeah. very uh, very happy very to have them yeah. in the Fort Houston area now. So I hopefully they have. A, I'm sure they have an amazing tap room. And we I, it's opening like as we speak. Okay. So I don't know what it's going to be. All right, we'll and we will find out. out. One of us will be there. Yeah. We may be there very uh, soon after we talk. Right now. <laughs> <It could be>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So tell me, so when we first started talking about doing this podcast, you said, hey, man, I got to get my hair cut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And all right, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I was like, me you, I was like, meet me for a beer. And you yeah, were like, and he what? Said, meet me for a beer. And I, was, I said, no, I, I, I'm confused. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> okay, so so Fort Houston, yeah. they're, the Block House is the name of the place. Man. Right. And and for I mean, first off, it, it just really surprised me. I remember the first time I walked in, um, the first thing you see is a giant buffalo head and a well stocked bar. Uh huh. So we walk in, I walk Full up to the bar, bar at, and the first at a barbershop. Yes, yes. And it's more than just a barbershop. I mean they have a pool table, they've got leather couches, it is very nice. I walk in and they're like, So what are you drinking? So Anywhere I can get my hair cut and a beer at the same time, that's the right spot. Yeah. Um, they're actually opening up a location in Franklin. So once this episode airs, you will officially be able to go right, through the block the factory, house in Franklin. I think. Yeah. And I highly recommend if you're in the Fort Houston area, say it's before you're going to Bastion or whether, whatever, pop in and have a beer. It's yeah. a great or, place I mean, to they start. Have li- they have liquor. Or have a beer anytime, they, a drink. It, yeah. It, it's not just uh It's not beer, just beer. Not just yeah. ha- I mean, they have full full bar. But yeah. But I'm excited yeah. for those guys. They're opening up in uh, Franklin. It's one of the more unique places in town to have a beer. Uh-huh. And that's something we should talk about at some point in the future. But yeah, yeah. Definitely check it out. So, Blockhouse, congratulations, guys. And um, if you guys are in the Fort Houston area, pop in. Nice. Okay. Yeah. So, any other openings or closings? I think uh, I don't have anything. 
Uh, there, there are a few other places that have opened up over here. Um, Disc Insider. I want to talk about that a little bit more like yeah, in a future episode. Yeah. But they recently opened up as well, too. And again, mm-hmm. it's in the Fort Houston area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, you got to check it out. It's great. I went and had a bit of cider. I'm yet to try the food, but I have to say, when I walked in, that's the first thing I noticed. Yeah. And apparently, they have a chef from Adele's there. And Adele's, award-winning chef, restaurant located in town. Uh, those who know, know. And that's a big deal. Okay. But um, it's very I don't good. know what but, any but, of that but, means, uh, but anyway. But yeah. Well, Adele's, it's just one of the first celebrities. That's a restaurant here in it's town? It's a restaurant in town, yeah. Okay. It, had a, it had a celebrity chef that opened it up or whatever. Oh, okay. So it's a big deal for them to have oh, I gotcha. a kind of a chef coup, from coup for uh, them to that, well, they pull have a somebody chef, from. Well, they have a chef from there. And it, it, yeah. it in a, you know, they do, it's a. What the do you cider call, joint. What do you. I, I, there's a funnier name for that, but yeah, the place where they I produce. Don't I don't know what it is, but it's funny. Yeah, <laughs> uh, ciders. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm I, I'm not much of a cider drinker, but uh, uh, well, you can be. Okay. They have yeah. some great I'll, ciders. I'll try you can because... only get there. It's a great space, but okay. gotta check it out. Cool. So a couple of weeks ago, my wife and I went to a place that I don't think it's been around for that long. Probably less than a year, maybe less than six months. I I, I really don't know. Called Folk. And it is on the east side, off of off of Cleveland, I think. Anyway, over there, and it is a really, really interesting, good new place. So we went there just for a drink, and we had I just had a bourbon type drink, which was great. And she had I can't remember the name of her drink. Uh, I talked to the bartender though. The drinks do have some kind of off off the wall names, and I, I asked him about it. And I think he mentioned that they used maybe the Wu Tang generator name generator to get some of those drink names, which is which is cool. Anyway, just love the look of the place. Uh, the feng shui is 100% right. The style is right, and the bar was uh, great to hang out and sit and have a drink. I we did not eat there, but when we were having a drink, there was a couple next to me, and they had just finished eating a pizza. And the guy said, "Doesn't matter, whatever pizza you want, it's all good." There is, I believe, a muscle toast starter item. And we were mentioning that, and the guy next to us, uh, he just kind of leaned over and said, yes, yes, that that is that is what you want to get. And so we have to get it next time. But I just, you know, they, the people next to us were just saying, like, the food's amazing, doesn't matter what it is. We just had a good time having a drink. And so I know that you have been there and had some food. So maybe you can give me a... No, I was, yeah, I actually had dinner. Update. Oh, yeah, folk. okay. Yeah, it was. Uh, I actually had. Um, so they have. Uh, they have like snacks on the menu. They have seafood, uh, vegetables. Um, they have uh, big plates. But the pizza is. I when I sat down, I sat by someone that was uh, who lived in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. She's in there about once a week. She was telling me, mm-hmm. and um, she was highly recommending the pizza. I was leaning towards having that, and then. I saw the lamb meatballs, and that changed my mind about everything. So I had the lamb meatballs. It was like a a grilled uh, squash and pickled onions, Mm -hmm. and it was amazing. It was so delicious. And to my right, I actually saw one of those pizzas you were talking about. Yeah. And it happened to be uh, someone that uh, that works over at the Catbird Seat. What? Yeah. So uh and 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 he highly recommended everything that was on the menu. But the pizza looked good, everything looked great. If somebody and, from the Catbird seat can recommend something in another restaurant, I I would imagine I would take their advice. I I'm mean, just, they probably know what I'm just saying. I mean, if they're spending their time eating there right. on a day off, that's great. Wow. Um so folk, uh speaking of drinks, um Nick was behind the bar. Uh-huh. And um I had uh the, the drink that I had, I think it it, it, it was almost seasonal. It, it it had a bit of watermelon and something else in it. But um, I'd say once I started eating the food, I kind of forgot about the drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, not that the drink it, wasn't bad, but right, the right. food was so delicious. So good. Now, folk, the folks behind Roth and Daughters are responsible for okay. folk. Yeah, I want to go there. I haven't been there yet. Oh, oh wow. I haven't okay. been to Roth yeah, and Daughters. I've been to Roth and Daughters. 
lot of folks know about it in town. It, it's yeah, a I mean, great it's been around for a while. It's in so. the same. I mean, it's in the same categories like City House. Okay, and they they used to be the only players over there in Germantown. Right, and now they've branched out a bit and they've got folk. Folk is great night out if you're on a date. Probably recommend taking an Uber uh-huh. if you were going out that way. And uh, definitely, definitely got to check out folk. Yeah, I'm going to go back there definitely for dinner. Uh, looking forward to doing doing that. So. Anyway, a couple of weeks ago, we went we went out one night, hit up a couple places, and one of the places, I think the last, no, it wasn't the last place, Dino's was the last place we ended up that night. Shout out to Dino's. Uh, the next last place we went to was a place called The Green Hour, and tell me a little bit about that, because I'm still not 100% on like, okay, what is it during the day? What okay. is it at night? Uh, so so the Green Hour is located uh, in a place during in Germantown. And just located in Germantown. It's at, it's at 5th and Madison. The space itself, it is a chocolate shop by day called Tempered. Okay. And um, it's a great chocolate shop. Uh, they've got some amazing amazing taffy that's 28 dollars a pound but it's well worth every pound uh anyway so uh basically what the deal is it's like uh it's a pop-up bar or it started off as a pop-up bar Uh but thursday through saturday 8 p.m until 2 Uh a.m it's uh it's a bar right and, and specializes. If, you, if you if you happen to be in the neighborhood and you see the neon sign above the door lit up, it says Absin. Mm-hmm. And if that's lit up, then they're open for business. Okay. There Is that the a, only absinthe bar in town that you know of? You know I don't know. I'm just asking. Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 yes. <laughs> well, you would know. No, I'm just That's saying. I'm just saying. Yes, it is. Okay. It's the only one. I mean, but they, if you, if you, it's gonna. If you want to have a true absent experience, you can have it there. So yeah. Yeah. You put me on the spot. Come on, man. It is the only one. I. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> Dude. All right. Anyway. <laughs> so yeah. So we went there, and it was a lot of fun. I had a great time there it we were able to sit it's a pretty small bar yeah and yeah. it's i mean it's a really small shop the whole place is small not not very many tables uh small bar we were able to get two uh two spots at the bar and sat down looked at the menu immediately saw uh some music references which isn't the first time that we've seen some cocktail names as music references if you listen to episode one rosemary beauty queen does the same thing but this uh couple music references at least that i noticed off the top of my head uh immediately were some song titles of tribe called quest songs which was still one of my favorite rap groups of all time anyway so intrigued immediately and at the bar was uh, a gentleman named Jeremiah, and uh, I had no idea who he was. Mickey knew him, and Mickey uh, knew him or knows him very well, but had seen him around uh, in the scene for a long time. Anyway, well, he just asked us what we wanted, uh, what we liked. I didn't, I didn't say I wanted a specific drink. He just asked what I liked, and then he gave me a drink off the menu. I can't remember the name of it at the. At, I think it was called um, Luck of Lucian, I think. Uh, and I don't know what you had. But anyway, we started talking back and forth. I uh, realized that he had been in town for uh, almost 20 years now, I think. You know, he has seen the evolution of the restaurant and bar scene, and he's been a part of it. And after leaving the Green Hour, I told Mickey, I said, I want to talk to Jeremiah on the podcast. And Mickey said, well, I think I have his number. I will ask him. And so we reached out to him and he agreed to do it. And that's who we have that we are going to be talking to here in just a minute. Anything else you want to say about our experience at the Green Hour? All I can say is that um, it's a great place. I mean, highly recommend if you have an evening out, late night, or what have you, definitely grab an Uber, pop over to the Green Hour. It will be an experience. Yeah, it was great. I, I loved great. it. It was so much fun. Definitely want to go back there again, and hopefully I'll be heading back there soon. Mm-hmm. 
All right, well, like I said at the beginning of the episode, I'm very excited for this particular podcast because we have a guest with us today in the studio is Jeremiah Blake. How's it going? Yeah, runs thanks for coming in. The Green Hour, which we just talked about. And so when I had the experience a couple of weeks back of going there and it was just a lot of fun, it was such a cool place and had a good conversation with Jeremiah and had a good drink, I said, I want to get in, in here and talk to him, knowing that he's been around for as long as he's been around in the scene, seeing everything change, hopefully for the good in Nashville, I think definitely for the good. So thanks for coming out. Yeah, it's Appreciate my pleasure. It. Thank you for inviting me. This is really cool. Yeah, so I just want to start out with a little bit of history, of your history, of uh, when you got here, why you came here, and how you ended up uh, doing what you do. I know, uh, you, you can tell me your history. I, I know you were at the Holland House at some point, and then uh, yeah. eventually the Green Hour, but just uh, give me a, yeah, a brief rundown of what uh what you've been doing. Uh, yeah, long, circuitous path uh, yeah. to get where we are, uh, for sure. Um, so originally I'm from Indiana. Um, I was living in Indianapolis, and I moved down here to uh, go to school. And uh, it's kind of getting, you know, it's kind of wandering around aimlessly in Indianapolis. So I came down here, and funny enough, the last thing that I wanted to do was end up in uh, restaurants. The manager Were seemed you, super miserable. Were you down here for music? Uh, I didn't. Uh, so. One of those, one of the few. Like, I guess that makes me like a unicorn. In, in you that, are. I mean, that's, that's why. That. That's yeah. how I ended up here. You say that. Yeah. I'm not doing anything with music, but that's how I ended up here. So yeah, I came down here, and long story short, I was working in restaurants, but um, you know, I was doing uh, my office gig, and uh, the company ended up getting bought out. Things were changing, and it didn't seem like it was really going to be um, what I thought it would be. Uh -huh. It was perhaps a long-term career for me. I remember particularly not getting the raise that I was looking for, having already spent the money. And uh, my buddies got me into a bar restaurant because I had some um, some wine knowledge and some uh, that, but mostly they were just looking out for me and trying to sure. help me out. So I got in with no experience, uh -huh. um, sitting there uh, lying on the application and feeling really weird about it, you know, just <laughs> sure. in, just real naive. Doing what you got to do. Yeah, just like trying to do that. And I just remember right. there was this gentleman sitting next to me, a larger man, but dressed impeccably, mm -hmm. you know, um, beautiful suit, you know, the cufflinks, the really nice watch, sitting next to this beautiful woman, also in uh, business attire. And uh, my eyes kind of kept straying over there as I'm trying to do this and wrestling with my conscience to... Uh, to fib on this um, interview and the lady excuses herself. The guy doesn't look at me, uh, but he kind of snaps his cuffs a little bit. He's uh -huh. kind of showcasing right. a little bit. And he just said, uh, you know, fake it till you make it, kid. Work for me. Wow. And that was that. And he never looked at me and never introduced himself, like none of that. So I just, I pushed through the interview and, uh, you know, this particular place I lasted for, um, you know, almost a year, and they uh, told me when they were letting me go that I had done a brilliant job of holding on the longest to that job than anybody had ever been there. But, uh, you know, they definitely fired me for not being a very good bartender, but <laughs> I was so scared every day that I was going to get fired that I really dug in there and tried yeah. to learn as much as I could about booze or the things that no one else knew about. And yeah. that's kind of how things uh -huh. started. Yeah. I got my first drink on a menu there. and uh, So this is early 2000s? Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, out of curiosity, what was that first drink? Uh, the first drink was to impress uh, the rep. It was uh, like a Grey Goose Le Pois. I made my own ginger simple syrup, which I thought was great. You know, a little splash of lemon and some Prosecco. You know, it was, it was solid, a little bit on the sweet uh -huh. side, but solid, you know, solid effort, I think. Would it hold up today? Not those, not those measure, <laughs> measurements, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it would be a, it'd be a delicious uh, drink. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, come on. I think I can, I think I can do that now. So my first experience to going to a quote unquote speakeasy sort of place. What, like Patterson House? Patterson House. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. And that was the first place where I really saw like the whole presentation of the different bidders. Uh, I, I just don't know. I don't have any knowledge in that world. So are those the, uh, bidders things that the bartender comes up with? Or the, is that bidders you can order from somewhere that are the recommended bidders to start out with? And, yeah, then, so, and then you go from there and you make your own bidders? Yeah. Um, you know, in the early days, we were all, I think, making our own things because those mm -hmm. products weren't available. And yeah. um, this level, or I shouldn't say level, this style of bartending, because... 
I'd like to be really clear that I'm very respectable or have a lot of respect for any type of bar vocation as long as you're owning it and really trying your best because there's an art form. There's an art form to popping beers. There's an art form to corralling your guests downtown, um, how you do that, how you run the show. Um, in any any time you step behind the bar, there can be an art to it, and that's up to you to provide that. So right. the individuals that do that, I have a lot of respect for, and a lot of them are doing things that I can't do. I just happen to be good at this one this one part. In the early days, um, I think that places like the Patterson House um, really started to come into prominence because it was the anti-bar that we knew before was a lot of that martini culture, was a mm-hmm. lot of really sweet drinks, it was right. bad shots, and yeah. you know just not as respectable. Yeah. You know, when I first started off being a bartender, I had to have my parents co-sign so that I could have an apartment, which was super embarrassing. And now that's not even a, a part of the thought process. Uh-huh. I don't have problem with credit anymore or any of those things. Right. But back in the day, just being a bartender, you were seen as irresponsible. Right. And that wasn't cool. Right. Um, so as we start moving into places like the Batterson House, we are asking about bitters. That market wasn't there yet, although we wanted it, and there was a lot of distinct uh, booze or things that hadn't been made for long periods of time. There's all these interesting recipes that we wanted to try and we wanted to expand our knowledge with, Mm -hmm. and uh, that created all that. But those early days were uh, making your own bitters. Kind of like Wild Wild West sort of thing. You could do whatever you wanted. Yeah, Uh, well, I mean, the sky was the limit. I mean, there was some books that everybody was, you know, kind of looking at, and um, when I was coming up, the guys at the Patterson House certainly helped me with uh, different places online where I could go look at things because mm-hmm. this had been happening elsewhere around the country for some time. Right. Um, that was just a, one of our first experiences here. Right. Although there were some individuals here in town that I'm were sure. doing it separately, yeah. but they were the first one to really put it all together and kind of show what it could be. Uh-huh. So uh, the Green Hour. So yeah. since 2015? <clears throat> yeah, that's right. Uh, end of 2015, uh, November 5th-ish. We're kind of yeah, fuzzy yeah, on yeah, yeah. how that went. But yeah, uh, right in there. Do you like uh, the term the ab- an absinthe bar? Do you because it's not all absinthe that you do there. Well, yeah. Uh, are you comfortable with it being known as an absinthe bar? Or I, you know what, I am now. Um, early on, it was more of just like the marketing thing because I was afraid um, that absinthe would come across as intimidating, and so right. we would say craft cocktail bar. Uh-huh. and absinthe lounge because uh-huh. to me that just sounded cooler yeah i don't know if it does or <laughs> not uh but we no. we crafted everything that we do just to make sure that as for us it's about the vibe uh the absinthe thing yeah. helps us stand out and i have since uh gained a really deep appreciation for it i love how well it goes with the chocolate and it's a beautiful thing uh, and a beautiful spirit um that needs its proper attention instead of all the the funny business that goes so along can you with tell it. me your first experience with absinthe um, you know, I don't, not real sure if I, uh, 100% remember the first one. Um, was it in Nashville or was it? Yeah. Else? Yeah. It was definitely in Nashville and okay. it was probably at Holland house. Um, I didn't like it. I know that, um, <laughs> didn't go over well. I didn't know what I was doing uh, at the time, but, um, uh, so absinthe used to be, uh, not available right. in the States or in yeah. Tennessee or my first experience with it was in England at an absinthe bar there in the early 2000s. And that's why I, I thought, yeah, I couldn't have it here in the States. Yeah, so it was illegal until 2007. And honestly, the law didn't change so much as that uh, it was proven that absinthe didn't follow the reasons that they made it illegal in the first place. There's nothing um, hallucinogenic about it. There's nothing right. harmful about it. It's just a high-proof spirit with a lot of beautiful essential oils in it. And you just mm-hmm. kind of treat it like an alcohol tea and um, unlock all of its all of its goodness. But yeah, 2007, that's when it uh, came back okay. into being, and then uh-huh. uh, we were able to import starting in 2010, I believe. Okay. So for someone who comes to your bar and says, I want to try absinthe, but I don't think I like it, is there a particular drink that you, uh, is your go-to drink to try to introduce somebody to it? Depending on how busy you are, but what we like to do is just chat you up just for a second and see what it is you don't like about it uh, mm-hmm. what are your feelings about it but we like to tell our uh, staff if if they really want it that's 51 percent of it right there right um and so have the experience and maybe you don't love it at first but it's been my experience that 
the closer you get to the bottom of the glass, the more you're starting to enjoy it as you as you get used to it. But we'll just kind of find out where your palate is by asking a couple choice questions and try and direct you into that. Mm-hmm. But if I can sense that real hesitation on that, yeah. then yeah, I'd rather make you a cocktail so you can sure. experience but still have a good time with it. Yeah. That's all what we're all about. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So let me ask you this. So when, and this isn't uh, directed towards absinthe, but being behind the bar and somebody doesn't ask you uh, or uh, try to have a conversation with you about what they like. They just say, I want this drink. And then they have the drink and say they take a couple of sips from it and they say, I don't like this drink. I want to try something else. How? What is your approach to that, uh, I don't know if conundrum, is appropriate or not but i guess it's on an individual basis for the for the person behind the bar but at this day and age if you're somebody's paying 14 dollars or whatever 12 dollars for a drink and then they say well i don't like it without talking to the bartender first i i I feel like it's kind of on the patron uh to say well you know i mean why did you ask for this uh without talking to me first uh or are you saying okay that's fine let's try something different sure um, yeah, I think I understand uh, what you're asking is, uh, I've just seen it happen before sure. where the part bartender is kind of like, well, why don't you talk to me first? Um, well, there's a ton of different scenarios and, uh, I'm not going to take up your time going through all of them. Um, just like anything as a profession, there are a million micro thoughts that happen in a second right. about how direction, what direction you should be taking something. Yeah. And so there's a lot of information that I'm taking in right away. Um, the amount of confidence that they have. Have I seen them before? Uh-huh. Um, how are they holding themselves? There's so many tells that sometimes I can tell that you're ordering something that you think you should order, and I'll give you an out before I run off to make it. Right. Uh, we're not that busy, you know. Uh, we're never that busy to to mislead you because that's not what we are trying to do at our our place. Uh, I need you to have a good time because we're so small. Right. I need you to keep coming back and right. tell all your friends and but, their friends and so, their friends. So what you're saying is it's like the guy that's at the fair and he says, let me guess your age. Maybe. No. Uh, I mean, it's certainly not. It's not that mystical. Because it seems that way, though, when you're on the other side of the bar and it's like, I've heard you say, so what do you like? I kind of like beer and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, I got you. And you're like, boom. And they're like, this is the greatest drink I've ever had. I've seen yeah. that over well, and so, over. So there's tells, over with there's you. tells, so and there's, there's I mean, early there's identifiers. There. Well, I mean, it's like Malcolm Gladwell had the book called Blink, right? And yeah. it's about mm-hmm. yeah. all of the things that you learn, almost creating like this muscle memory for your brain about different scenarios and what you've seen before, right. and just drawing upon that to lock in for that person's good time. And it's my job to know all that, not the guests. And so I don't have expectations for that. And so. Like I said, you know, I might look at your age. I might look at th- there's so many things, and I don't want to give sure. this away because people can't. are going to feel like I'm psychoanalyzing. No, but I know, but it's funny. But I've seen it though. I'm just saying firsthand. But I, yeah. so, but he's very good at like I think I, I only like uh, you know Miller Lite. My girlfriend drugged me here. I don't know what I want. And right. Then, boom. Right. He's gonna make something. Okay. Well, let's just demystify know? this just right off the bat because <laughs> no. I want you to know that number one, I have this skill set because I have messed up all the times that there is to mess up. And so there's only one pathway to go, right? It's, yeah. the, it's the right one. It's the only one left. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. for instance, um, let's say someone sits down. Um, I'll ask them a number between 1 and 10 of how they feel about licorice-type flavors um, just to kind of gauge uh-huh. where they're at. Sure. And I like to say licorice even though there's no licorice and absinthe because I do want to scare you a little bit so that you hesitate. And that hesitation shows me a lot right there. Uh, but let's say that they're like 5 or 6, you know. Uh, that's a pretty common answer. Now, as I start to ask them what kind of things that they like to drink, and I just want them to tell me, you know, what they're into. Do they like gin? Do they like tequila? Are they into whiskey? What type of whiskey? Kind of going through those things. And through our list, we kind of have little notes about little things that are connectors that kind of connect those brainstorms Mm -hmm. to help things make sense. That obviously just comes from your experience. Yeah. Well, yeah. And just tasting things and like having that glossary of flavors in the back of your mind so that you Uh can, you just know how to steer people and you don't have to ask so many questions. So like for this particular absinthe, you know, if they said that they like gin, I would ask them how they feel about tequila 
gauge their response. Right. Um, and then I would ask them about beer. And for this particular one, I'll say, do you like IPAs? And if they say yes, well, then I've got something that's really smells like a nice, wet, verdant English garden. It's got a little bit of that earth tone funk mm-hmm. that agaves have. Right. And it's got that same kind of thing like IPAs. Those yeah. are all connectors in this weird way. And that kind of cool. helps them to know what to expect yeah. when they get it. And so I am leading you a little sure. bit so that you're predisposed to like my choice. Yeah. <laughs> but also, um, we have a pretty high success rate in doing it that way. And I think it's easier for the guests so that they can have more fun. Because uh, I, I don't think it's fun to like, go to a wine shop and or you know, having a wine dinner and them going through the things that they know that it tastes like. Cause well, that's what <laughs> right. you know. I don't know yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Tell me a story. Right. Tell me what it, just tell me the things yeah, so yeah. I can get yeah. on with my night. I, uh, I'll have to say it's like the, the first time I met Jeremiah, I was on the other side of the bar, um, having a drink. And I remember they were like, uh, so this is our menu. So I looked through the menu or what have you. And they're like, you know, you can have something off the menu or you can have something, on this list, they pull out these tattered cards out of their back pocket. I was like, I'm gonna go with that. Uh-huh. And they asked me a couple of questions, and they made me a perfect Manhattan that I, yet to this day, will never get again mm-hmm. <laughs> until someone decides <laughs> to craft it that way. Yeah. And that kept me coming in time after time after yeah. time because they opened me up to a totally different experience. And yeah. they were like, it's kind of like this. At that time, I didn't know what that experience was like. But once uh-huh. I had that drink, got a little bit a little bit more road underneath me, I understood what they were saying. Yeah. And then uh-huh. it became a quest. It's like, can I duplicate this at home? No, I can't. <laughs> right. You know? right, right. <laughs> and it, it, it grew into a lot of different things. That, 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 right. that one drink yeah. kind of Well, that was the training ground, the though. Uh, we were lucky enough at Holland House to come in a time where people – we're very excited about these new and different drinks and the education. Willing to and be a little we were, more adventurous. They were in our hands, and um, that was really important to me that we take care of that and that we excel in that because um, also in the early days of Holland House, I was worried about people crossing the river to come see us. Mm-hmm. You know, I was worried that we weren't going to be able to stay open. Um, so we just wanted to make it as accessible to everybody, but that was part of the game. Like, we had so many awesome people that let us play. That's why Mickey I have that glossary. No, uh, <laughs> well, yeah. they, they taught me yeah. a lot. They taught me how to drink. And the thing yeah. about that that's so interesting is they, the folks that he's talking about, uh-huh. the collective group, they're all still around. And they're different places. different places. I'm super, yeah. I'm super proud of that, too. That, that's something I'm very stoked about. I don't know that I had so much to do with that, but just all of us together kind of informing each other and learning uh-huh. and having a good uh-huh. group of, like a consortium, if yeah. you will, to bounce ideas off of and try and see what works and see what doesn't can you tell me a story what kind of story would you like Mickey? tell me about water world water world oh okay i see where you're going with this awesome um so uh i'll make this as short as possible short but... no give me this give me the well, full no, we could we... i could talk about this for like days well we um, got time Get, all right, just, all right, and, all right. And the, the, the other thing is is i i realize there have been so few times that I've actually gotten together with you and you're not behind the bar. So this is a pleasure. So I'm ready for you to tell me the story. Well, yeah, but I'm using like this table as like this, this <laughs> same thing. You're still behind the bar. I, I tell people that all the time. Like I have, like, they're like, I can't believe you're an introvert. And I'm just like, I'm an extraordinarily extreme <laughs> introvert. Like uh, I have to, like, it, sometimes it takes me a long time to, to get out of the house and people like, think that that's really bizarre no, but no. when i'm behind the bar i'm behind the bar as yeah. soon as those lights go down and that playlist comes on then i come alive you're a, pro- in, you're a performer that. i mean if you step on the stage you better start dancing or singing sure you got that thing yeah well so you know. uh we got a bar here next yeah, time yeah, yeah, we'll, we totally we'll let you have a actually make a few drinks or what have you okay in i'm into it so um yeah tell me about water world man okay um uh, so uh this is a little bit of a deceiving uh beginning but um so it was my first trip to Tales of the Cocktail, which is a um, bartending convention in New Orleans. And we were um, invited to have lunch with uh, the Four Roses group, who I had met at Holland House and uh, just really kind of fell in love with them. Like the, the juice is great, uh, but more importantly to me, it's about relationships. And that's really what booze is. Booze is an excuse to develop race relationships. It's kind of like the, the social lubricant, right? <laughs> Um, and so getting a chance to meet their former master distiller like Jim Rutledge and 
kind of get into his head and like hear his stories and uh you know dan gardner who's heading up some of their sales force who's an uh, amazing person or you know patty or al you know the historians and like the people that make it work like it's a beautiful thing and learning about four roses was so enlightening so we go to this dinner and i made sure to obviously to sit as close to jim rutledge as i could because why wouldn't i want to sit next to the master distiller so we just started talking and it was real casual um and two hours later you know uh we're being interrupted because yeah you know he's got to say goodbye to everybody else he was there who he completely ignored because we got into this this amazing story about um how four roses really came to be and how it is now so um it was one of the uh most popular uh distilleries before prohibition they were killing it they were one of six i believe to be able to continue producing bourbon through prohibition where you used to be able to get a script and i think it was a pint of whiskey every 10 days yeah um and I don't know that a lot of people know like the story of bourbon and like why it took so long for it to come back into prominence, but um, just history. So you went through prohibition, which was 13 years long. Um, some places couldn't continue to operate. Um, that's a long time, right? And they only had six that were continued, but I'm almost immediately after that, like we're getting into wartime and it takes somewhere around like 13 gallons of PGA or pure grain alcohol to build a Jeep. So a lot of alcohol was used in the war effort. And so there wasn't time for people to really be drinking. Like we mm-hmm. had things to mm-hmm. do. Yeah. And immediately after that, you know, there's Korea and there's Vietnam, there's all these things. And so you're building this thing. Um, also people's taste had changed. And so um, mixed spirits or like, you know, taking a neutral grain with a, with a raw whiskey and softening it up. Uh, we had to learn how to drink again. So, um, Seagram's got involved with Four Roses and rather than Four Roses continue with what they saw as a weakened brand, they removed themselves from the American market. And so they're huge in Europe. And if you go on like European Ebays, you can find all kinds of beautiful Four Roses paraphernalia. Um, And Four Roses and Coke is like our Jack and Coke. Like it's Mm -hmm. just part of the nomenclature. Um, And they're also really big in Japan. Um, and so they were overseas in that market, still in Kentucky producing, um, but they were there, uh, crushing it. So, um, the Seagram's empire like grew and grew and grew and it was this big conglomerate. Um, and the son, um, I believe I'm getting this correct. Uh, please fact check me and you know, <laughs> whatever, but, um, I, I only imagine, and some of this is just kind of what I think about what happened, but, um, you know, alcohol or the booze business really has only been cool for the last, you know, 18 years, um, eight years, 15 years, you know, like, um, it wasn't that long ago where I was trying to rent properties and people would say no, because I was a bartender (laughs) and now they're saying yes, because I'm a bartender, (laughs) you know, it went from my grandmother being ashamed to, uh, taking magazines to church and showing off to her friends, you know, like that's, that's kind of how, how that happened. Um, I love you, ma'am all. Um, so I imagine that the kid probably has some other influential friends um, and is embarrassed about the business that he's in. So he wants to get into movies. So to finance this, they had to sell off. I think they ended up letting off like somewhere around 30,000 people from their jobs. But it was like they sold off Tropicana and they sold off DuPont. Like they're selling all the, all of these things. Uh, to finance this movie and this movie just the budget just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger and this guy just really wants to be a player Um, and uh, because of this movie pretty much um, Seagram's had to let go of eventually had to let go of Four Roses it was kind of the beginning to the end because this because this movie and uh, as Mickey already uh, said it was Waterworld and if you if you remember this or if you're old enough um, like Terminator two came out and that was like the biggest budgeted movie ever, ever. And people were like, minds blown that it was a hundred million dollars. Yeah, and yeah, it's yeah. like, Oh, that's so crazy. What are they doing? And it was amazing. And so Waterworld came out and said, we're going to, you know, do $120 million. You know, we're up in the ante. Mm-hmm. Um, but they suffered two typhoons that destroyed the set twice. 
super delayed the film. Uh, that yep. end was really just kind of rushed together, and I imagine it probably would have been an amazing film without such unfortunate timing. <laughs> yeah. But it climbed yeah. over $200 million. Yeah, yeah it kept was, going up. was a disaster at the box office, yeah. and really... Um, that's what helped Four Roses get back into the market once they got sold off and were able to to kind of re-enter and be who they who they were. But uh, that's wow. the entire story that I was hearing well, while everybody else was eating their lunch yeah, and yeah. being ignored. Well, I was wondering how it got here because Four Roses is I, I know is it, it's very tasty. It so. it is, and uh, they're really good at what they do. And uh, I'm very happy uh, that I, I feel very fortunate to have those relationships with those folks. So. Well, you know, what's next for Nashville? Okay. Um, and I'm going to go backwards um, to answer this question is you go back into Nashville's um, history, since I've been here anyways, and kind of see what's been happening with, with the drinks, you know, wine and scotch, um, which really shaped um, my upbringing and, and what I wanted to be and what I wanted to learn about. Uh, um, but then you fast forward to Patterson House, and that was a landmark place. You know, it, it was a game changer. Um, I remember how upset people were that they couldn't drink the way that they used to. They couldn't have their vodka cranberry. They couldn't do this. They couldn't do that. They couldn't stand and being so mad when they would come into Virago. <laughs> yeah. And I would just take that and I would smile on the inside and like, that's the place I want to go to because you guys are driving me insane. You know, <laughs> I'm having to drink way too much to get through this shift. Um, and that's just, that's what I want. That's funny. And, um, from Patterson House, you had a pretty big explosion, you know, Holland House 308, you know, all these things started to happen and uh, where we went from not being able to get a decent old fashioned in town to now that's the bare minimum, um, which is really amazing when you think about it. It's just the speed that it's happened has been has been crazy. But now you have a place and I think like really the next notch is a Pearl Diver that just opened up and what they've done is um, so beautiful and so well thought out. It's so amazing that I, I'm not even jealous. I'm just kind of in awe of how much thought that they put into it. And I hope that it wins, you know, best bar of the year. And from, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I don't mean in Nashville, I mean nationally. Um, and to have gone from our little dive bars to creating a culture where maybe that's even a possibility is amazing. So what is next? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's an absent bar in Nashville that's, staying afloat and oh, people care yeah, about it yeah, yeah. you know there's uh, gonna be not just this one um, kind of an island theme um, bar but there's gonna be others they're gonna be tiki styled uh, for sure and who thought that that was gonna be supported in town yeah, um, yeah we've got all those you know monstrosities downtown and I think that that's gonna continue to go down the Las Vegas way I think it's gonna be uh, here's what I think is next for Nashville is I think that this new Nashville is really going to create a counterculture uh, where people are trying to be the exact opposite of that. I certainly think that we are going to get to the point where maybe people are getting dressed up to go out mm -hmm. and caring about yeah. that kind of thing where Nashville yeah. is pretty casual yeah. and I like that. Yeah. But the more new Nashville it gets, the more I think people are going to want to seek another identity for the people that are here yeah, in a yeah. separation um, from some of the tourists, which we love. Mm -hmm. And I have amazing people come to my bar all the time. They're yeah. out of town and, and whatever. But yeah. I just think when you look at at the big thing, like we've got all these beautiful hotel bars now, yes, um, uh -huh. which is really amazing and these beautiful places to drink at. Uh, there's no shortage of, of places yeah. for sure. Uh, but I think that maybe there'll be more places like green hour that are popping up yeah. due to um, you know financial limitations yeah. or whatever but creating little niches and neighborhoods where you can have a good time and you don't have to worry about right into the, you know you know going out to the crowd yeah yeah, yeah. I, I love the space i've been there on a hot summer night i've been there uh on a late night when it there's a downpour outside the place has got a vibe that nowhere else has so and uh, it's 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 great so i highly recommend if folks are thinking about going uh -huh. grab an uber or a lyft and Please. get over there and enjoy yeah. yourselves yeah. and go on to whatever's next or let that be the cap on your evening because there's not anything else like it yeah it feels very good yeah. and um it, it's it's worth a try to, to, i mean i i love it well so, thank you very much that's really kind real quick too i just wanted to talk real uh, just for a minute about the concept of a pop-up bar. 
because I think that's initially yeah, don't what, do it don't do it <laughs> <laughs> like I, I don't I don't know anything about it so uh, can you tell me a little bit about the history of it just for a second uh, um, yeah just kind of how it was was you know I was looking for something else to do but um, you know we're as spaces get more and more expensive it just seemed to make a lot of sense to kind of share mm-hmm. um, spaces and trying to figure out what that means and um, I think by doing a pop-up bar, you can have new and different experiences without being locked into all the overhead um, and all of the things that are expected from a brick and mortar. So now we can go meet our guests elsewhere, give them different experiences and those. And uh, it, I like that you brought that up because uh, if you'll stay tuned, there will be some of those on the horizon with Green Hour exploring uh, right. different uh, locations nice. and uh, like different it. vibes, see what happens. Okay. That's exciting. Cool. What's next? So, yeah. All right. Well, Jeremiah, thanks so much for coming in and talking to us. Yeah, really, anytime. really appreciate it. Absolute pleasure. Hope to have you in again. All right, guys. All right, cheers. Thanks. Bye. All right. So, hope you enjoyed the episode. I think that interview went great. It was fantastic to have jeremiah yeah i really appreciate him coming really by. appreciate him come, coming by definitely hope to have him again in the future we'll see if he has more to add later yeah. on yeah. Uh, yeah so hope you guys enjoyed that so remember eat up drink up and if anybody asks you this is the place you yeah. want to be we'll see you next time bye take it easy I think you know? I think if you'll just listen to me, you'll I'll live a better you, life. You 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 got no, you got me, hey, that, and that's why you were here. Yeah, and but, that is the case. But that's you know it. what? Exactly. You just you just. Unlocked.